They are the team in the Pacific Division that many fans love to hate. We talk Vegas Golden Knights on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. You can like and subscribe if you like what you're seeing. On today's episode, we welcome in the hosts of Locked on Golden Knights and discuss why their team is so disliked. We'll also get news involving the hockey team in Sin City, and uh, that includes them losing their number one goalie before the season has started. My name is Eddie Garcia, your host for Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, for the past 20-plus years at Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL analyst. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and of course, a passionate LA Kings fan. So we continue our rival reports with uh, the countdown to the new season, and we welcome in the hosts of Locked on Golden Knights, and they are Tony Cardasco and Chris Gallick. Guys, thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Good morning. What's up, Eddie? Yeah, I like that open, and this is going to be the Royal Rumble, the <laughs> the Kings and the Knights. We like it. That sounds good. Well, that's uh, leads me into my first question, uh, and I'll start it off with you, Tony. Um, I talked on a recent episode about the LA Kings and who their rival is at the moment. And and I, I also kind of threw out there, who's the team you love to hate. And for me, I was dumb enough to think that was the, the same team because it is for me and that's the Anaheim ducks. Uh, but it was different for a lot of uh, Kings uh, fans. They, a lot of them said the sharks they thought were the biggest rival and we've met them a few times in the playoffs. And that helps. Uh, but the team that they love to hate was, was the golden Knights. Now I'm going to ask uh, Chris about that in a second. But Tony, who do you, who is the Golden Knights rival in their in their brief history so far? Eddie, I really do believe that it is the Colorado Avalanche because they just, you know, they're the best team now. Uh they're out of the same conference. Uh we've had some games where there's been some controversies. Uh we had uh, a big uh Nathan McKinnon hit on Nolan Patrick that went unnoticed by uh the National Hockey League. Um, it all started, I think, you know, but you can make a case really for the Kings. I went back and looked at the historical data and this is uh, a series that is 12, 12 and one. It is cut right down the middle and VGK feels as though they might have some revenge against the Kings. We like what you've done with uh, the addition of Fiala, Kevin Fiala on that top line. Uh, but you know, Drew Doughty and Chris, uh, you alluded to the quote the other day about Drew Doughty trying to get things stirred up in the 2018 season, was it? Season one, 17-18, yeah. Yeah, and you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this, it was, this, could um, be, this could be a rivalry? Yeah, I mean, he definitely provided us with our first uh, locker room material, so much to the point where in that very first playoff series, in the very first playoff series in the Golden Knights history, of course, it made the ice in the pregame show. I don't know if you saw that, uh, Eddie. I don't know if you caught that or not but they put his exact quote on the ice during the pregame intros and the shows and everything where there's no way there'll be a better team than us. I think they actually played the audio. Now that I think, I think they actually played the audio along with it. Now that I think about it and that certainly got the team fired up and I'm with, I don't know. I think the Kings are rivalry number one for, from the Vegas side, at least. 
Well, it is an interesting dynamic because before the Golden Knights came around, you could argue that Vegas was a big Kingstown, uh, you know, for, for hockey fans that had been there for a while. There were a lot of LA Kings fans and I'm, I'm sure it makes sense that a lot of them decided to switch when, when you guys got your own team. But, uh, so there's this, do you feel, Chris, let me ask you first, do you feel the hate that is out there? Is that something you guys actually recognize? Is it, I know it's on social media. You're both nodding your head. So. Uh, what do you think about that? Is it, does it seem unfair to you? Do you embrace it? What, what we are embrace your thoughts the hate. on it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, 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 it's a, it's a role I've become comfortable with. Um, so as far as the hate, it, it, it there's, there's been a shift in the hate. Let's start with season one, the unexpected run from everybody in the entire sports world. Uh, of course, that run to the Stanley Cup final season number one, it went from who are the Golden Knights? This team is going to be terrible to all of a sudden the expansion draft was um, was created in a way with the rules to benefit BGK better than any other expansion team. So it went from that to basically a level of jealousy to an extent because it was, I mean, you have franchises that waited how long to make playoff runs and Stanley Cup runs. Obviously, the Kings are not in that world. They've had an amazing run. Uh, them along with my former love, the Chicago Blackhawks. You can kind of see the Marc-Andre Fleury jersey back there with both sides of it. Um, so, but you look at franchises like Toronto and Edmonton and, you know, how long it's been for them to make these types of runs. So that's where I think the hate just kind of started from. It was a bit of jealousy. But now, obviously, with all these crazy trades and free agency moments and things VGK is doing, it has rubbed a lot of the hockey world the wrong way. And I mean, me and Tony have certainly discussed that at length on our show. And it's something that we definitely get and understand to a degree, I guess. Um, you know, there's a lot of people calling VGK the New York Yankees, if you will, the, the evil empire of uh, the NHL, just uh, try and do all these crazy moves every single season to win. And, uh, you know, now we've um, been put in a different opportunity. I'm sure you're going to hit on that in a little bit with Leonard being out and the ability to make even more roster shuffles via a possible big trade coming up this week or a big free agency signing. So, yeah, VGK doesn't sit still. VGK makes a lot of polarizing moves, giving away notable talent for free, obviously. And that has rubbed the hockey world the wrong way. And it's unfortunate. I, I get it. And I, I don't know if it was you, Eddie, that tweeted out or someone tweeted or maybe Tony put it out there. The night the Sharks played VGK in like game 78 of this past regular season, it showed the, the outline of the United States of America. It showed the amount, the, all the states that were teal supporting the Sharks that game. And then, of course, Nevada was the only gold state that game. So that was, uh, it, it's kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the Sharks are not a rival. No, the Sharks are not a rival of VGK anymore. Some people might believe it. Uh, it was early on, but now they've just owned them. Bruce Cassidy's owned them when he's uh, been with Boston. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, on and on. The Pacific uh, but, as a whole, Tony. The Pacific as a whole, but we'll talk about that in our show another time. Yeah, but, you know, one of the signs, Eddie, you know, that there's hatred. I, I don't think the teams, let's start with, you know, the other teams in the national hockey league. Now, I don't think that they readily want to be dance partners. They don't want to just give up players, you know, to the VGK VGK likes to give away players, but uh, teams don't want to really uh, trade with VGK. Uh, not as easily. I, I don't think so behind the scenes. There's got to be animosity, you know, from other NHL clubs. And then you, you know, you have the fans, VGK fans like to stir it up in a major way. 
um, early success, and now they're spoiled, so to speak. And I think that you have, you know, this, this VGK team and its fans now, they, they really are not liked because they do go after other other fans. And, they you know, they like to mix it up as well. Yeah, it is interesting because I think on the one hand, there is certainly jealousy. Uh, I think there's no denying that. And then there's also, you know, I, 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 I certainly can't blame Vegas Golden Knights fans for uh, the way they feel about all the success they've had. I, I mean, I think if I if I had a team and they had so much success in a short amount of time, I'd probably be a little bit arrogant about it as well. So, and I think a lot of other so you're saying we're arrogance. Well. You're saying we're arrogance. I think I think there's a little bit of arrogance there. Yeah, I, but I think it's, it's earned. It's, it's fair. earned. It's fair. Right? It's fair. So <laughs> this is a, me, Chris is the season ticket holder. Keep in mind, and I am <laughs> the person along for the ride here, and I try to play it down the middle or just be transparent. So all just right, so you well, know. But he's the guy that's starting to stir things up. Well, let, let me ask you first, Tony, then, because obviously to the delight of some, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights did not make the playoffs last year. And certainly there were a number of injuries. But uh, it, was it just that simple that they just had too many injuries or was there more to it than just that? Nah, it wasn't just the injuries. You can just lean on the 500 man games that were missed, but. They play shenanigans, the front office with the salary cap. And I think that they get burned a lot because they're trying to mess around with, you know, playing. Uh, uh, they, they've been shorthanded with players in the past due to the salary cap. They think that they're the smartest people in the room. And to me, you know, I, I just feel that this uh, this VGK team uh, might have had issues in the locker room as well. It's starting to come out. Uh, we heard from Matt, uh, Max Pacioretty about the lack of accountability within you know the vgk locker room and uh, i mean that's again a reflection on the team the coaches and the front office and the front office is definitely under fire i'm sure we'll be talking about that in a little bit but uh yeah i think there was much more to it the antiquated system of pete DeBoer was so predictable by the end of the season i could tell you where they were going to shoot how they were going to enter into the zone all of that and, and like and then goaltending wasn't very good um, across the board other than Logan Thompson. Chris? I'm with you on that, Tony. Um, yes, you know, the injuries and the man games was fact. It did happen. But everything you said does make sense, Tony. Um, there were some real big games down the stretch that just, I mean, you can't lose that game to the Sharks, obviously, at on home ice with a two-goal lead going to the third. Um, they were in it all the way. I believe we talked about this until game number 80. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but a lot of the things, Tony, you said do make sense about the lack of creativity, lack of identity, all the things we heard about in the uh, exit interviews, which I think ultimately is uh, what did DeBoer in. So you mentioned head coaching. Uh, you're going into the sixth season of existence, and now you're on your third head coach. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, but when you're hiring that many coaches in a short amount of time, the people that are doing the hiring eventually – uh, are going to find themselves looking for a job, I would think. So I ask you, Chris, uh, how hot is the seat on President George McPhee and or GM Kelly McCrimmon? So this is an answer that probably, this is a very unpopular opinion that's gotten me roasted a few times. But let me give you a real quick rundown of Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights. Stanley Cup run, the not a major situation against the Sharks, within three games of the Stanley Cup, seasons three and four. Season five, all the injuries, man games lost. Things are going just fine as, as far as I'm concerned. I 
don't uh, McCrimmon is a polarizing individual that comes across very strange with our local media. It's something else me and Tony have hit about. And he's very, it's very easy to not like him. It's very easy to make fun of him and you know, all the weird things that he does. But at the end of the day, I just try to simply look at the results of the team. I feel the season five roster heading into the heading in the last season was the best roster that this team had on paper and was capable of making a run health pending. Of course, that obviously changed. So my perspective is I have no issues at all with McCrimmon. I think when I look at the results and what's happened, I think he's done a very good job with this roster, starting with creating one of the best expansion teams or the best expansion team in the history of all professional sports. I look at seasons two, three, and four. And season five, I'll chalk for bad luck for now. But if season six goes the same, doesn't get off to a good start, if our goaltending mightily struggles, if uh, Cassidy can't uh, figure out a way to continue to dominate the Pacific, keyword continue because he's done a very good job uh, in his brief games against, because obviously they only play the Pacific a few times a year in the other conference. But you put all that into a blender, you simply look at the results, I'm fine with McCrimmon. I don't think the seat is even that hot, or I think Foley, I mean, Foley has to sign off on everything that happens with this team. I don't care, at least in the higher stuff. I guarantee they had to convince uh, Foley to move on from Flurry. I know they had to probably sit down and explain the patch ready situation. So if McCrimmon can pass all of these um, hurdles, if you will, I don't know if I don't know if anything can get McCrim and let go from Foley, to be honest with you, but I don't think the seat is that hot. I look at the results of seasons one through five. I'm good with how things have been, but I am concerned about season six and beyond, not just with our upcoming season, but two or three years from now when we still have 28 million tied up between four players that will be over age 36 at that time. I just made that up. It's somewhere in that neighborhood, but yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll have more with the Locked On Golden Knights guys in just a second. But if you're hanging out with some friends and putting a few back, uh, a few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. No, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst thing that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. Often there still doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're going to be okay after driving after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. We continue with Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick, the hosts of Locked on Golden Knights. And you kind of talked about it a little bit, Chris. And Tony, I want to get your perspective. But here in Los Angeles, we had the Rams have a philosophy. Uh, and even their general manager uh, made T-shirts. Uh, he said, F those picks. Uh, and and the, 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 what he was talking about was, uh, the hell with the future. We're in it to win it now. And they made a lot of major trades. They got a lot of big stars. And they won the Super Bowl. So it worked out for them. Uh, so it seems like the Vegas Golden Knights have a similar philosophy. Uh, I was wondering if you thought that that philosophy, it certainly seems to sit well with Chris. Do you think it sit, sits well with the fan base? In, in other words, let's, we're going to go for it. And even if we don't make it, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to play it safe. It's been an interesting off season for the Vegas Golden Knights. And to me, you can't make so many trades where all you get back are quote future considerations and, you know, build a franchise and solidify your roster. 
And the top six is going to be pretty good, we feel, this upcoming season. The bottom six, uh, particularly line three, I think Chris has talked repeatedly about the third line and his uh, concerns about that. I I really feel that that seat is scorching right now for Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, Chris and I are in different uh, directions on this one. I just feel that the fan base is getting tired of him. Those eyebrows are killing us there and his pressers. You know, the guy, you know, continually lies to us about what's going on with the team. Yes, there is uh, some validity to you know, what Chris says is that they have to protect the team and all that. The salary cap concerns, major issue. Um, they talk about teams that are up against the cap being successful. This team, I feel, can implode at any given moment. I think it's really a very fragile organization right now. And uh, for Kelly McCrimmon to be successful, I think he's put his chips all in. Pardon, you know, the Vegas pun and all that. He's all in on Jack Eichel. And if Eichel and this team succeed, then he's going to brush his shoulders off. But if they don't, he's going to be out looking for a job by December. Well, I think also one of the things he's banking on is a new head coach. I mentioned it earlier, but Bruce Cassidy comes in after a pretty successful run in Boston. Uh, maybe his time had uh, had come there. I know there's some things behind the scenes as far as some players maybe didn't like playing for him anymore, but he was very successful, and now he comes uh, to Vegas. So, Chris, let me ask you, how do you like the hire, and uh, do you think he's the guy to get the Golden Knights back into the playoffs this year? I like the hire, definitely. Um, it, it was kind of funny, though, how Jake DeBrusca demanded a trade, and then all of a sudden um, Cassidy is out, so now DeBrusca's happy, and all of a sudden uh, – you know, Bergeron re-signs and they're kind of getting the band back together. So I do wonder, you know, me and Tony have talked about this a lot in our show, the power of the exit interviews where the players meet with the general manager and kind of talk about the season. Uh, Barry, Tr- I think that did Barry Trotson, that did DeBoren and that did, and that did Cassidy. And so I'm very interesting just to kind of see how all that plays out now in the NHL as the seasons uh, come to an end. But I, I do like the hire of Cassidy. Nothing but success, right? I mean, he, McPhee actually fired him a long, long time ago. And then Cassidy went back down through the ranks, uh, cut his teeth again in the AHL, had nothing but success with Providence. And then he takes a lot of the players that he, he developed in Providence and goes right to, goes right to, uh, uh, the, the Boston Bruins now and six seasons of playoff hockey, if I'm not mistaken, is the stat line there. And all of a sudden he's on the outside looking in one Stanley Cup final as well in that mix. So, I like the work that Cassidy has put in. There are some concerns about how he is with the younger players and things like that. Well, that's not a problem in Vegas because we don't have too many younger players. So we're, mm-hmm. we're good with that. You know, F those picks, as you would say. Right. Um, although we, we have developed some players, me and Tony had to dig a little bit, but there are some players we have developed from the ground up and are in the process of doing so as well. Tony, that was just for you. Um, but Cassidy's going to be fun. He does have a good record uh, against the Pacific as well. I don't have the numbers in front of me because I'm not a very good uh, media person. But trust me, folks, he's done very well against the Pacific because other people have said so. Um, I'm looking forward to the changes. I'm looking forward to creativity. I'm looking forward to more toughness. And I think most importantly, I'm looking forward to the team reestablishing an identity, something I don't believe we had in the entire uh, DeBoer era, I think the moment Gallant was uh, let go, you know, controversial, of course, um, they just named a hockey rink after Gallant too somewhere in New York. Tony, enough, you, you caught that. But, um, you know, so, yeah, he's going to do good things. We'll see how DeBoer does down in Dallas. Um, but since Gallant was let go by the VGK, things have been different on the identity front. And I really think that should be Cassidy's A1 
uh, objective come, you know, about two, three weeks from now when players start returning is teaching them whatever the identity is going to be. It needs to be a clear and concise identity for how this team is going to approach season six. Well, Tony, Bruce Cassidy is going to start uh, with a little diversity before he's even gotten together with his team. The big news this week, of course, is that Robin Leonard is going to need hip surgery and is going to miss the entire upcoming season. I know you guys have talked about this a lot, I am sure. So what is the move for the Vegas Golden Knights? Are they forced to go with what they've got and see how it works out? Or where do they go from here? Well, first of all, you know, coming up, that big exhibition game here, against the Kings on September the 26th. And I feel as though they're going to already enshrine Bruce Cassidy into some Hall of Fame because they're giving out these little statues, like a, a bust like you would see, you know, and with the coach going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, they never did this for Marc-Andre Fleury. That's where this organization's at. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're talking about goaltending. Oh, yeah. You guys, you know, it must not be so happy there in Los Angeles. Chased Robin Leonard in that game, that 6-2 to two game back in October. And then things started to really uh, go sideways for the VGK. Oh, yeah, and you knocked out Mark Stone, too. As far as where they're going with goaltending, uh, you know, Eddie, I think, uh, and Chris and I have discussed this at length, I think they need someone like a Semyon uh, Verlamov, a, a proven goaltender, they have money now under the cap as they push Robin Leonard off into the LTIR. Uh, the three injuries, you know, for Leonard. And there was a guy that just, when he fell, he just could not get back on his feet. He was just lumbering all over. I called him the walrus at one point last season. That was my nickname for him. But he had the shoulder injury and the surgery, the knee, and now the hip. And so those are three major injuries i made the i made the prediction that he might not ever play for vgk again he might just go back to sweden and hang out in the meatball section at ikea or whatever they do back there and never come back but you know as far as goaltending they do have someone with a small sample size and logan thompson um he's probably going to be number one uh they picked up a great find for vgk uh michael hutchinson (laughs) Who, who might be in the mix as well. And then uh, Laurent Brassois, who, you know, it cannot, it just can't stop any of the pucks that are up high in net. And that's the situation. LT should be number one heading into the season. If this is what the roster is going to look like, we don't know if Brassois is going to be. I call him Brossois. Uh, we don't know if he'll be back uh, because he's been injured too. So, they might have a pretty decent team on the LTIR heading into this season, but right now they need a proven goaltender. That's what they need. Well, I, I think the hot seat for Kelly McCrimmon, if it is hot, uh, certainly hitching his wagon to Robin Leonard and letting Marc-Andre Fleury go uh, certainly is not, not helping his situation. He didn't even uh, get a bust. He didn't get a statue. I mean, nothing. He got, nothing. got a statue. Did he the get save. a statue? The save. Yeah. the save statue. Okay, he did get a statue. I stand corrected. Yeah, but they want one outside of T-Mobile now. But Bruce Cassidy gets a bust like he's being well, enshrined. Already. If you guys want statues, come to L.A. We've got statues for everybody outside of uh, the former Staples Center. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But Crypto.com. Yes. Well, it's we're getting used to that. Uh, Chris, <laughs> let me ask you. You mentioned uh, Jack Eichel <laughs> earlier. Obviously, they've invested a lot in a guy who 
hasn't really delivered at this point. Now, granted, he wasn't playing on some very good teams. He's playing on the best team he's ever played on at this point. But what is the belief that Jack Eichel can lead a team to a place he's he's yet to do that? Uh, so he, first of all, let's see what a healthy Eichel can do. Uh, I think he started off very well last season for his first two or three weeks. Dude breaks his thumb. And I remember he broke his thumb and... It was actually a Saturday afternoon game. It was the, Fl- the King, the, the Florida game. It right, was right. Florida it was the game Florida game. I was there. Yeah, but I remember I was me and my son Christopher were at the the Saturday matinee game against the Kings. Yeah, and the wonder if Eichel was going to play. There was no pregame skate. There was no indication one way or another. And then of course Eichel is one of the first players off after the goaltender. And I immediately noticed that he wasn't taking faceoffs or anything. And we learned uh, later he played the last what, 13, 12, 15, whatever amount of games it was on a broken thumb. And, you know, I can't write with if my thumb isn't working, at least not very well. I definitely couldn't open hockey cards all day like I do very well if my thumb wasn't working. I'm, I'm was, Italian. I can't even speak if my thumb's broken. There you go. Exactly. Um, definitely not going to eat spaghetti. But going back to Eichel, he needs to be that leader. And just a small thing that I noticed we had our celebrity uh, softball game, BGK against the, the the Vegas Raiders, obviously. And Eichel was out there. And he was out there with the fans, having fun with the team. He even did a cartwheel when he hit a home run in his celebration. And this is all funny, fun, weird stuff I'm bringing up here. But my point is Eichel has this perspective that he's not liked around you know his former team, the way he was in the locker room. He's a cancer and all these things. In the small sample size with Vegas and then just all the outside of the hockey stuff I've seen from him, I think he's great. I think his teammates appreciate him. I think the relationship is good. And I really think the new start for Eichel was important uh, just so he can shed his old skin of that character he had in Buffalo. As far as his on-ice performance, he needs 90 points. He needs to be greater than a point-per-game player. Um, just because of all the scoring we're missing first and foremost, but he needs to be, I mean, we keep hear, hearing generational talent, generational talent, generational talent. Well, with what this team has given up basically, cause you know, you can start with Mark Andre Fleury and then the situation with Pacioretty and other trades that have happened. This is all this has been parlayed another Vegas pun for you, but all this has been parlayed to Jack Eichel. Eichel needs to be that generational talent that everyone says he is. And I think most importantly on the VGK side, we have never had a player in Vegas that can simply put a game outside of Marc-Andre Fleury. We've never had a player that can put the game on their back and just take over. We've needed that in the playoffs, obviously, uh, against the Caps. We could have certainly used something like that. Otherwise, um, most famously in our two seasons when our scoring would completely dry, uh, in the conference final and conference final equivalent with the whole bubble scheduling thing, our scoring just went absolutely dry. So someone like Jack Eichel on the power play and just to take over games is what this team needs. And I think a healthy Jack Eichel with this much firepower around him, I think he is going to succeed. And Cassidy obviously has to make this priority number number two outside of reestablishing our identity. Well, the Golden Knights' pain last year was obviously the Kings' gain. Uh, with Vegas not making the playoffs, uh, L.A. was able to get that third spot and get in. So uh, let me close it out by asking you both, uh, does Vegas return to the playoffs this season? Uh, Tony, you, you go first. Okay, yeah, let me first of all go back to Eichel, okay? I posted uh, on Twitter yesterday 
uh, a video of Pistol Pete Maravich, one of the best ball handlers in NBA history. And I compare uh, Maravich a little bit to Jack Eichel in that they both had these passes that no one could handle, and they would have had throughout their careers. Um, Eichel now, you know, to date, would have so many more assists if he had players around him that could handle the puck. This guy was amazing. I, I got to tell you, Eddie, uh, for me, he was by far the best skater. He was the best player on the ice for VGK, but he didn't have the supporting cast or the chemistry around him, or the players that knew that the puck was coming from all different angles. And I think it, it cost this team last season. And the only player I felt that he gelled with is gone, and that was Max Pacioretty. When those two were on the ice, I felt like at times – they could have been unstoppable. And so to me, yes, Jack Eichel to me is uh, the franchise of the franchise. And he definitely, he can skate so well. And I didn't realize his uh, lower body strength and the way that he glides into the zone. And suddenly he has this, this second gear and this acceleration where no one can stop him. As far as VGK coming back this season, I, uh, I have question marks across the board. And I'm going to start, you know, with goaltending. And I'm going to talk about, you know, Logan Thompson. Is he the man? I like him. He's really solid. He learned a lot. The mentor for him was Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got a little flurry in him. He's got a little cockiness. He's got the swagger. But can he withstand an entire season? I think he's a very good, durable goaltender. And I feel as though he's got a great career ahead of him. I don't know if this is the time yet. Well, only time will tell, obviously. And then what's behind him? I, I still feel they need, if they're going to make moves, they need to have a goaltender who's proven. Uh, when you look at goaltenders, do you go, okay, uh, Thompson, Hutchinson, Brossois, can those goalies win you Stanley Cup? No, absolutely not. So I think that they might just squeak into the playoffs. I think they're going to have a really difficult start this season. Uh, but I think they're one of those borderline teams. Chris? So as far as VGK making a playoff run, I think you just kind of lump everything together and you look at the West right now. I mean, Colorado, Minnesota, Edmonton. Let's just pencil those three in right now, make it nice and easy. Let's pencil those three in right now. I'd like to pencil Calgary in, but obviously they've had some very famous changes right now. So if my math is right, that's going to leave us like eight teams for the last six spots. And the teams that you can consider for those last spots, obviously, we're going to start with um, – uh, St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville, Calgary, the Kings, the Knights, the Canucks, and then even Seattle. They've made some moves where they're starting to put a team together out there. They could even contend for one of the lower playoff spots. I do see Vegas and the, definitely the Kings coming back. The Kings have made some outstanding moves, and I'm looking forward just to watching the Kings every time they come to town this year and seeing what they've done. And I, Anze Kopitar is one of my favorite players to watch right now uh, in the National Hockey League. Love the way he plays the game and leads the team, I think, more importantly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's easier to say what teams are not going to be knocking on the door. Sharks and Ducks, I think. Ducks are close, but I think they're still a year or two away. Uh, Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona, just stop it right there. Um, so, basically, Dallas, Nashville, the Kings, even the Kings are probably safe right now, but Dallas, Nashville, Vegas, Vancouver, Seattle are the, t the bubble teams. Two of those teams are not going to get there. Vancouver would have been a playoff team if you take this, the implied stats when Boudreaux was brought in there. 
So that's another thing to look at. Vancouver's going to have a much better season, I think, than they did last year. Seattle's going to take a step forward. Um, if I had to handicap teams that I think might be on the outside looking in versus uh, last year's comparables, Calgary could be in a tough spot. They've gone through a lot of changes, but they still got Daryl Sutter, so not a whole lot's going to change. I think Seattle, eh, Seattle, they, they got a little work to do still. Um, the Ducks aren't going to take a step forward yet. I think Vegas does squeak in, and I mean, there's a good chance Vegas uh, Kings first round again. That'd be fun. Uh, that would be fun, and uh, I'm sure a lot of Kings fans would be uh, be excited about that. Speaking of Vegas, before we close it out, if you would like to place a wager on the Kings or the Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup, go to betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odd lines and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, combat sports, esports, even golf. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, thank you so much, uh, guys, for joining me. That was Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick, your hosts for Locked On Golden Knights. Really appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to see. It should be an interesting season for for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm looking to see how uh, it all ends up, what they're going to do with the Golden Knights situation, the new coach, and everything else. But uh, excited about the upcoming season. And again, thank you guys so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Make sure you're here for that exhibition game. It's going to be so exciting. You'll get your Bruce Cassidy statue. I, I can't, I, I have to be there for that. That's, uh, that's going to definitely get me to drive on over. Thanks guys. It was great getting to talk to you and uh, looking forward to doing it again sometime. Thanks. Thank you.